today's daf is Yivamas daf Tzadi Gimel. We're holding on the bottom of daf Tzadi base and base two lines from the bottom. Today's shir sponsored by Elisha and Daniela Graf, Lezecha Nishmas, Rav Aryeh Shlomo ben Rav Moshe Yitzchak, Elisha's grandfather, whose yard site is today and who inspired Elisha to begin the daf more than seventeen years ago. What a phenomenal zechus, and uh, we hope the Shama has an aliyah through our learning today. And thank Elisha and Daniela very much for the sponsorship. Uh, we are holding, as I mentioned, on daf Tzadi base and base two lines from the bottom. Today's topic is going to be primarily about Dover Shalob Aliolam. The Gemara is going to discuss all the different shitos that we find that have a that have what to say about Dover Shalob Aliolam that they, they, they that all hold. We're going to give a, an entire list of uh, shitos that hold that Adam Makna Dover Shalob Aliolam, that a person can be Makna something that is not yet in existence. And we're going to show how each of the, I think it's something like seven different uh, Amoraim that we identify, Tanaim and Amoraim, that we identify in fact hold that a person could be makna davar shalom and then at the end of the daf it's going to we're going to shift gears and we're going to discuss whether an eid echad is neman to be matir a woman to do yibum meaning we know that an eid echad is believed we learned in our mishnah that if an eid echad comes and says meis baleich the woman is mutaris l'shuk she's allowed to go marry somebody else assuming that it's not a yibum situation but what if it were a yibum situation what if she doesn't have any children and the husband and her brother is an eid echad enough to be neman to allow her to do yibum now intuitively you would think that uh, that, that that if it's n- enough to be matir l'shuk would be enough for yibum as well but the Gemara is going to analyze the potential svara to say that way and to say not that way. A potential svara to say in each in each direction. So let's pick up on Daf Tzadi Beis and Beis, the two lines from the bottom. Ve'irabi Akiva. The Gemara was trying to figure out in uh, the end of yesterday's Daf whether there is Tfisas Kiddushin for Yivama Lashuk when a woman is, requires Yibum and someone else tries to do Kiddushin on her. Does such a Kiddushin work? So we brought a Raya from a Mishnah where a guy he tries to be Mekadesh and Isha, and he says that that I want to be, I want you to be Mekadesh's to me after you get Chalitza, meaning right now she's a Yavama, but he wants that there should be a Chalos Kiddushin after the Chalitza. So the Mishnah said, that the Kiddushin does not work. We thought maybe this would be a Raya, the fact that is a Raya that you can't do Kiddushin on a Yavama, on a woman who still requires Yibum. So the Gemara suggested, no, the Gemara suggested, no, maybe that's going only according to the Shita of Rabbi Akiva, where Rabbi Akiva holds that a Yavama that even Chayav Elavin, that even thing, things that are only Yisuri Elavin, uh, there would be no Tfisas Kiddushin. So that's why Rabbi Akiva would say that there's no Tfisas Kiddushin here. When you say La'achar, uh, that you get Chalitza, the, 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 the Kiddushin should be Chal. Because right now there can't be a Kiddushin because there's, she's, uh, she's Chayav Elavin to him. But we're talking within the sheet of the Chachamim that there is Tfisas Kiddushin by Chayav Elavin. That's what our Shiloh was about. Is there Tvisas Kiddushin by Yevam Elashuk? But frankly, Gemara, V'i Rabbi Akiva, two lines from the bottom, V'i Rabbi Akiva, if our mission is going like Rabbi Akiva, if this mission is going like Rabbi Akiva, Ki Amar Lola, Achar Shiachlo Tzlaich Yevamayich, even if you want to say that there's no Tzvisas Kiddushin on there should still be a Tzvisas Kiddushin if he says that I want the Kiddushin to be Chal after you do Chalitza, 
Because Rabbi Kiva holds you could be makna So forget about the fact that right now you can't do kiddushin, but you're not doing kiddushin right now. You're doing kiddushin on a woman that's going to have chalitza in some time from now, and you're allowed to do that. You're able to be makna something that it does not yet exist, that that isn't yet uh, that hasn't yet happened. Because the Rabbi Kiva holds a person can be makna like we learned in the Mishnah, if a woman takes a nether, that everything that she's going to produce, anything she makes, anything she works on, should be asr bahana to her husband, such a nether does not require hafara, because she's meshuba to her husband, so there's no, uh, it's not necessary to have hafara, because the nether is not chal to begin with, it's not within her rights to make a nether, that her husband shouldn't have rights to Maisiyadayim. Rabbi Akiva Omer Yafer. Rabbi Akiva says, no, you do need to do that far. Why? Shema Ta'adifalav Yosem in Because maybe, yeah, he does have rights to Maisiyadayim within reason. But if, uh, but if, if, if she produces more than, uh, than her Mizonos, in, in terms of her Maisiyadayim are, are an incredibly large amount, then she does have rights to such a thing. That's not something that she's Meshubah to her husband. And therefore, her neder is Chal. So we need to be made for such a neder if you don't want the neder to, uh, to, to take effect. So you see that Rabbi Kiva holds that even though she hasn't yet produced anything, still the neder is going to be chal and something that's lo baliolam. She's talking about future production, future things she's going to be working on. So that's the raya that Rabbi Kiva holds that a person can be makhmadavar shalom baliolam. Says Gemara Ha'id Marala, Amra Funabrid of Shua Ba Omeres, Yikitishu Yadai La Osehem, Diadayim Isnuhu Ba Alma. No, who says when she's talking about her Maisi Yadayim, she's being makhmadavar or she's answering with a neder, a davar shalom aliolam. No, maybe the lashon that she that she says it in is that she's being makdish yaday la osayim, that she's being makdish her hands and uh, with vis a vis that which they that which they produce. So if that's the case, that's certainly baliolam. Her hands are baliolam. Granted, the maisiyadayim is low baliolam, but the hands themselves, if she formulates it in the proper way, the hands themselves are baliolam. Tells points out yiktushu doesn't mean, Tulsa says, that she's being mocked in her hands for that which they make. Loseyan means la Kodesh Baruch Hu, to the, he who made them. I'm being makdish my hands to he who made them would mean HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shasam. Avul Eim Lefarish Loseyan Hainul Lemalachtam. Tulsa says Loseyan can't mean for the work that the hands themselves are going to do, because there's a better word to use. You wouldn't say you would say uh, so like the Gemara has in the Dharam, that but either way she's she's emphasizing the role of her hands rather than the and her hands are and therefore we cannot prove anything about Rabbi Kiva's opinion on being or from this discussion with regard to uh, to Nidarim. Now we said that uh, according to the Tanakama, it's ain't Sarak Lahafar, you don't have to be Mayfair at all. The Rashva writes that even according to Rafuna uh, that that uh, Rafuna holds it in Masachis Ksuvis, the Rashva writes it's Masachis Ksuvis as well, and Dafnun Ches and Tes, that a woman could 
say to her husband, meaning, why is it that a woman has to give up her Maisi to her husband? Or is she a slave? She has to give everything, everything that she does, every, uh, she puts her heart and soul into to create anything she has to go to the husband? No, it's a takana that was done, the tovasa. It was done for her own benefit because a woman often would, did not make enough to be able to support herself. And in order to, and the chamor mechayev, the husband to support her. But in order to make the husband feel a little better about the arrangement, since he has to, he's responsible for her mezonos, he's responsible to support her. So to take away any sense of eva or any sense of the husband feeling like the woman is only taking and not giving at all in the relationship, they were misakin that she's got to give them aisiyadayim in exchange for the mezonos. What if the woman makes uh, millions of dollars, she has a very high paying job, and she's not interested in him paying whatever it costs to feed her. She doesn't eat very much, and, uh, and, and and she makes plenty of money. So Rav Huna's shita is in Masech's Ksuvas, a woman can say, I forego the right to the Mizonos, and I want to keep my Maisiyadayim. And then her Maisiyadayim are, 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 would be hers. So the Rashba writes, yeah, that's only if she says it beferish. But, to, to, but, uh, but this woman is Ochelz Mishal Baila, even though she's, uh, she makes a nedar of Hana'a from her Maisiyadayim, that's not the same as saying any Mizonos v'yeni Yosa. So we, we, meaning our Gemara is assuming that if she says, it does not require Hafara, even though she can have the right in Maisiyadayim if she decides to forego the Mizonos, but until she says so beferish, we assume that she has not foregone the Mizonos. The Ritva adds, in order for Maisiyadayim to belong to her, she has to say, in Mizonos v'yeni it's not even enough to just say in the zonas to just say that formulation. It's a formulation that has to be done in uh, in 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 Beisden. So uh, okay, the 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 the, the Tosa Rashba uh, in Masech Ksuvas. There's a Tosa Rashba Masech Ksuvas asks why it is that according to to Reb Meir that in the Motzi Dvar Vatala that we um, we wouldn't be mefarish that the neder would be chal, meaning she's saying any konim shani So we're saying. Okay, the nether is worthless. But Rameir has a, a, a rule that a person is not mostly devarlavatal, that whenever they say something, they must mean something. So why don't we say what she meant to say is any nizonas vieniosa? So he has, a, he has that as a kasha, the lechora, uh, that's, that's difficult. According to Rameir Shita, we should have been able to touch up her words to say, oh, what she really meant is that she's giving up the Maisiyadayim and she's giving up the mizonas and therefore is no longer chayv in the Maisiyadayim. Okay, but that, the, the, this Mishnah is not going. To prove Rabbi Akiva's opinion, this is against Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak. Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak traced the following Amoraim and Tanaim to all be in agreement with each other on the matter of Davar Shalom Aliyolam. Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak said, Rav Huna Kirav, Rav Huna like Rav, Rav Krabiyane, and Rav like Rabiyane, Rabiyane Krabi Chia, Rabiyane like Rabi Chia, Rabi Chia Krabi, and Rabi Chia like Rabi, Rabi Krabmeir, and Rabi like like Rabmeir, Rabmeir Krablaz Ben Yaakov, and Rabmeir like Krablaz Ben Yaakov, Rabla. That all these people hold like each other, and it all traces all the way back up to Rabbi Akiva. That Rabbi Akiva holds a person 
does have the ability to be makna a davar shalom aliyalim. So a statement like that with all of those names is not going to go unchallenged. The Gemara says, okay, show me, show me how all of those names, how all of those amaroyim and tanaim go right up the line to hold that a person can be makna a davar shalom aliyalim. So we go through one by one. Rav Huna Mahi, what's the case where Rav Huna holds that a person can be makna a davar shalom aliyalim? The Itzmar, we were taught the following. Hamocher peros dekalachavero. If a person sells the peros of his dekal tree, the peros of his palm tree, he sells the dates of his palm tree to his friend. That until they are they exist, you could still be choser on the uh, on the sale. But once they come into existence, then it's too late to be choser on the on the sale um, because uh, the the so because once they come, then the sale is uh, is is binding. So you see, a person can be You see that once they grow, the sale is going to be binding. Aye, but the Kenyan was before they grew. The Kenyan was beforehand. And they were not yet Ba'olam at the time of the Kenyan. That's right. They weren't yet Ba'olam. But you see that Rav Hunolz, a, a person could be Makna, a Davar Shalom Ba'olam. Rav Nachman Amar, Af Mishabolam Yachalak Sabah. Rav Nachman says that you have the right to be Choser even after their Ba'olam because the Kenyan is not binding at all. You cannot be Makna, a Davar Shalom Ba'olam. Amar Rav Nachman Odina di Shamit Vachalam of Kinimineber. Rav Nachman says, I will admit that if the Lokeach already took the fruits and he already ate the fruits, we're not going to take them back from him. That is considered to be a mechila where he is allowed to, te- where, where he's not going to have to pay for it uh, retroactively. But I do not believe Rav Nachman holds, I do not believe that the Kenyan is chal at all in the sense that he does not become the owner of those peros even after their baliolim. But the point is, we're trying to prove that Rav Huna holds, person can be Makhnadavar Shalom Baliolim, and that we have proven. That Rav Huna at least holds that way, even though Rav Nachman is chalik. The Achronim all ask, all this Gemara is going to try to do is take these seven different Amorayim uh, and Tanaim and show that they hold that a person can be Makhna Dabashalobaliolam. Why would we muddy the waters by bringing Rav Nachman in? I mean, we're just trying to show what these Amorayim and Tanaim hold. We're not trying to show everyone who argues. I'm sure there's an equally impressive list of Amorayim and Tanaim that hold that ain't of the Makhna Dabashalobaliolam. We're not going down that list, though. We're going down the list of people who are Makhna Dabashalobaliolam. So, uh, so the the Chronim uh, explained that maybe in order to be explain uh, the the, the Tver Shmuel writes that without Rav Nachman you could have made a mistake and we could have said that according to Rav Huna a person cannot be Makna Davar Shlobaliyom at all and the Peros Adekel that you're selling over here were already Chantu they already started to grow out they just hadn't yet were, were not yet at a point of Eviu Shlish they weren't yet a third a third grown so therefore when they're Baliyolam which Baliyolam doesn't mean when they come into the world. They're already in the world. Otherwise the Kenyan never would have been Chal. We would have explored, we would have thought Rav Huna meant that they're already in the world and that's why the Kenyan was Chal. When we say that Misha Bo Liolam, the Kenyan's going to be Chal, it means Misha or when Misha Nigmar Bishulam, when they're finished ripening. So that's when you can no longer be Chozer because then the Kenyan is going to, that you made when they were very tiny, when they were very tiny fruits that were first growing, that's when the Kenyan is ultimately going to be cemented. But once Rav Nachman says that you can be Chozer Bo, even Misha 
Baal Yolam, so we see that Peru's Dekel you were uh, that that you that you sold were even the Fleshantu, even before they uh, they grew out at all. Because if you were only selling them after they already grew out a little bit, then even according to Rav Nachman, the Mocher can't be Chozer. The Gemara and Bamitzi is clear that way. So that's so it's only th- through Rav Nachman that we come to an appreciation or a clear understanding that Rav Huna is in fact talking about a Kenyan on a Davar Shlobaliolam. Otherwise, we would have thought that Rav Huna is not talking about a Davar Shlobaliolam. So that was Rav Huna. Rav, where do we find that Rav holds that you can be called a Davar Shlobaliolam? Dama Rav Huna Marav. If a person says to his friend, This field that I'm buying, When I buy it, It should be to you, starting from right now, it's going to be kind of the Kenyan works. So you see that uh, that Rav holds that even though at that point it was the Dover Shalom because he had not yet acquired the field himself, you can't sell something that you don't own. So you can't uh, you can't sell a bridge you can't, to somebody you don't own something. So it, it, nevertheless, this sale works because one day he will own it. And even though at the time of the sale he didn't yet own it, it's the Dover Shalom A sale works on the Dover Shalom Third opinion, Rabbi Yanai Kiribichia. We find that Rabbi Yanai and Rabbi Chia also hold that a person can be makhed to Davar Shalom one at a time. The Rabbi Yanai, Rabbi Yanai is the third opinion that we find, the third Amora that we find that holds that you could be makhed to Davar Shalom because Havale Arisa, he had an artist, he had a sharecropper. And this sharecropper would bring him a basket of fruits every single Arab Shabbos. So he knew to rely that the sharecropper was going to come home with a basket of fruits for him that he was going to be able to enjoy for Shabbos. But one Arab Shabbos, the sharecropper was late and he hadn't yet come. He didn't want the peros to be tevel. When the sharecropper brings the fruits, if they're going to be tevel, he's not going to be able to enjoy them on Shabbos. There's not going to be time to take Chumas and Maestros from it before Shabbos after the sharecropper comes. So before the sharecropper even got there, he took Peros from his house and he was mafresh them as Chumas and Maestros on the fruit that the sharecropper is going to bring. Also, and he went to Rabbi Chia, and again we're saying that Rabbi Yanai holds like Rabbi Chia, that both of them hold, you could be makna dover So he went to Rabbi Chia, and Rabbi Chia said, Amalei, you did good, you did the right thing by being a mafresh, the, the Chumas HaMaisos, from the peros you have in your house. Did Tanya, because we have a brisa. That the, the Pasuk says that, uh, that you should, the Laman Tilmad, and that's a reference to Elu Shabbosos Yom Tovim. That's a reference to Shabbos and Yom Tov. That, uh, that, that in the context of Trumas and Maestros, we say you always have to make sure not to be Mevatal your own like Shabbos. That you should always have uh, what to enjoy on Shabbos. So you did the right thing by seeing to it that you'll have what to enjoy on Shabbos. Lamai Hilchsa, what's that Pasuk really about when we say that, it's, uh, that there's an Indian of own like Shabbos with regard to Trumas and Maestros? If it's just telling me that if you have Tevel in your house on Shabbos, that you're allowed to take Maestros on Shabbos, would we need a Pasuk to tell me that you're allowed to do something that's Asr Midrabanan? Meaning the, there's Nisr Midrabanan to take Trumas and Maestros on Shabbos. So the uh, the Pasuk wouldn't be teaching me to be Matir and Nisr Midrabanan. On a Darais level, there's no problem with taking Trumas and Maestros on Shabbos in the first place. So that can't be what the Pasuk is about to tell me that we should make sure that we have Onek Shabbos, 
even at the expense of taking Trumas and Maestros, which normally would be something that's forbidden. On a Darais level, it's not forbidden to take Trumas and Maestros. So it can't be that that's the Kavana Sakra, that's what the Pasuk's telling me. Elalav Kiai Gavna. No, what the Pasuk must be telling me is that even though it's Loba Liolam, even though I don't even have the Peros yet, for the sake of Onik Shabbos, I should be mafresh on something that's Loba Liolam, because that's how important Onik Shabbos is, that you're allowed to be mafresh Loba Liolam. Meaning, one might have thought that you can't be even on a Daraisa level, that it does work, and because Onik Shabbos is important, we encourage doing it, that a person should be mafresh on something that's, uh, that's Loba Liolam. If you look at Tosos, Tosos points out, that we need this pasuk to tell me to be mafresh and davar shalobaliyolam. The kashalari, the mali shavas yom tov misharyamim. Why would shavas niyantiv be any different than any other day? Meaning, if yol davar shalobaliyolam works, so it's not about shavas niyantiv really. It's not about onik shavas. It's about the fact that there's no problem of davar shalobaliyolam. You're allowed to be makna of davar shalobaliyolam. V'nir l'rikam ashpirish rachta also called the mystery shavas shalom and amukaf. No, what the Pasuk is telling me is that you're being mafresh shumas and maestros shalom and amukaf. The peros of the halacha is when you're mafresh shumas and maestros, everything has to be in the same area. They all need to be connected to each other. Then you're mafresh shumas and maestros on all of this produce that's in front of you, you take some of it for Shumas Maestros. But for me to take Shumas Maestros here for produce that's somewhere else, that's not, not appropriate. That's called Shalom and Amukaf. So for Onik Shabbos, even though the Peros haven't been brought to you yet, so who knows where they are? Who knows where the Aris is with these Peros? For the sake of Onik Shabbos, you're allowed to be Mafrish Shalom and, Shalom and Amukaf. So that's, uh, that's what it's uh, coming to, uh, to allow. To be Tarim, uh, certainly to be Tarim on Shabbos, Midaraisa, you're allowed to do. But over here we're being because uh, uh, even though you could, uh, Satos says, well, wait a second, if on a Daraisa level you could just be mafresh on Shabbos itself and wait, so wait till it gets there and be mafresh minamukaf. Why would the Pasuk tell me to be mafresh shalom minamukaf before the Peros get there? If the Peros get there on Shabbos, you could be mafresh minamukaf when they get there. So he says, now the case the Pasuk is talking about is I have just enough for my Suda Shabbos where I am right now. The problem is what I have here is Tevel. But I have loads of food in a different city that I can't even travel to because it's outside the Tchum where I'm just not going to be there. I have loads of food in a different city. I'm allowed to be mafresh those payros in my mind, mentally, be mafresh those payros to cover the payros that I have here so that I can enjoy proper Onik Shabbos here because I have just enough for my, uh, for my Suda Shabbos over, over here. Um, the, uh, but fractosis, yeah, but that doesn't answer for Rabbi Yanai. Rabbi Yanai should have waited till the payros came. If for him it wasn't in some other city, the payros were still going to be coming on Shabbos. So why would, wouldn't he just be Torah min amukaf? So Tos says, Yeshlom and the Hachab at Shumas Peros to Rabbanan, he tiru Shalom and Amukaf, Mishum Onik Shabbos, Kivin de Bialmuk, Shem Biarachares, Shen Yachalasaki, and Sharim Midar Raisa. That over here it's only Shumas Peros Midrabanan. We're not talking about grain over here, we're not talking about uh, Goran Viakev. Uh, t- uh, 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 so we're talking, we're talking about uh, just Peros. So anyway, we're extra Makel over here.
fasting on Shabbos would still be Asr Asr Minat Torah. Now uh, the the, uh, the 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 Avni Nezer discusses whether a person is allowed to eat a uh, new fruit on Shabbos of Bena Mitzarim. Um, I Meaning he says it's machlokas whether you can make a brach of Shechianu on the Shabbos of Bena Mitzarim. So says the Avni Nezer, according to those that hold that you don't make a brach of Shechianu, you should still eat the fruit. Just don't make a Shechianu on Bena Mitzarim. Why? Why should you still eat the fruit? Don't you have a chiv to say Shechianu? Yeah, chiv mitrabanan to say Shechianu. It's kiv dar rice. So when you eat the fruit without a Shechianu, you're going to be violating the Rabbanan. If you don't eat the fruit, you, you're going to be violating what's potentially a daraisa. Onik Shabbos might be daraisa. So Onik Shabbos, that's how, what emerges from our Gemara, is that Onik Shabbos may in fact be a mitzvah daraisa. There is a discussion also in, in general when it comes to mitzvahs. When a person does a mitzvah and he gets hanaz haguf from the mitzvah, so do we call that that uh, that, that, that it's a mitzvah in a mufchar? Do we assume that no, he's not having kavanah l'shem mitzvah. It's not proper uh, to, to have hanaz haguf, but there are certain mitzvahs where the nature of the mitzvah itself is to have a nasagov, where the nature of the mitzvah itself is to enjoy. So Onik Shabbos is not going to be, it's not going to, it's not going to be a lower level of a mitzvah when he's eating on Shabbos because he wants to enjoy it. Adraba, that's good for the mitzvah that he's, uh, that he's supposed to enjoy it. But anyway, the post can, the post can point out that even when it comes to, uh, to other mitzvahs, that uh, if a person has kavanah, the shame mitzvah and the shame nasagov, that that would be considered a mitzvah and a muvchar. That's what the Gemara says when it comes to carbon Pesach. The Rabbi Yochanan says, what does it mean? Yisharim darchei Hashem tzadikim yelchu bam poshim yikashlubam. So he says, if two people eat the karm pesach, one eats the shem mitzvah tzadikim yelchu bam. The other one eats the shem achila gasa only for gluttonous reasons, and then there's no intention. The shem mitzvah poshim yikashlubam. And Rish Lakish says, what do you mean posheya? He may not be doing mitzvah in a muvchar, but he's still doing a mitzvah. So you see from there that even if he's purely intending for achila gasa, you would still call it a mitzvah. And if he's intending for both achila gasa and the mitzvah, then it's not just also a mitzvah, but that's even a mitzvah min amuvchar. That would be the ideal mitzvah for a person to genuinely enjoy his food on Shabbos, to genuinely enjoy Shabbos in, in general. That's the... Uh, that's the idea of Shabbos. That's what I think Rashi says in the Shami Yisera is that you eat more, that you could uh, that you could eat more on Shabbos. A person is supposed to enjoy eating more. He shouldn't eat so much during the week that no matter how much he eats on Shabbos that he can't even realize that he's eating more. A person should eat normally during the week and then on Shabbos a person should be able to, to, to indulge a little bit more on, on Shabbos. Okay, says the Gemara now on the top. Amr so, so uh, again, going back to the story over here, Rabbi Yanai had the sharecropper. He, the sharecropper was late one Friday, so he was mafresh all the chumas without the sharecropper even being there. So uh, he went to Rabbi Chia. Rabbi Chia said, great idea, you did the right thing. Onik Shabbos is so chashuv, it's so important, you did the right thing. So Amr he says, problem is, I went to sleep that night and I had a dream, and in the dream I saw the words Kanaratsuts, and I thought that that maybe is an indication that I did the wrong thing, because my love Hachi Kamrili isn't what uh, the Bala Chalom was telling me the following, that you've, uh, you've, you, you felt yourself to be secure on a reed, meaning if you use a reed as a cane, it's not going to be very good, and uh, he said, isn't that the Pasuk that I was being shown in the dream, that I was relying on, uh, on, on, on a, a flimsy reed to support myself, and therefore I did the wrong thing, and that's what, that's what I was being told in the dream. So Rebbe says, Lo, that's not at all what you were being told in the dream. 
No, it's saying that a kanan ratzus will not break, meaning that uh, that a kanan what's the two qualities that a reed has? It's uh, it's one quality. It's soft and it's flimsy, but in a way that's a positive and in a way that's a negative. It's a negative in the sense that you can't support yourself in anything flimsy. But the positive is that it uh, that 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 it, it bends, that it's it's uh, it bounces right back. It doesn't break. So kanan ratzus is not going to be nishvar. It's not going to break. That's what uh, Rashi and Chumash writes. So when it comes to Makas Barat, that the uh, that that uh, whatever it was a message to Paro that whatever uh, grains were still soft and were able to bend, uh, Kana would be able to didn't get destroyed by Barat because the hell would come crashing down in it and it would bend and then it would pop right back up. But whatever was was hard, whatever was already hardened, would get crushed under the force of the Barat. That was the message to uh, to Paro that you want to bend to Ratzon Hashem, you won't get crushed. But if you want to stand firm and say that you're going to fight the Rebbe so then you're going to get crushed. So the Kama is, uh, has that, that quality that it's uh, that that it, that it doesn't it doesn't break easily. Now, there's also massive discussion in Rishonim and Achronim about the value of dreams in determining halacha. Meaning he assumed over here that his dream was going to was 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 proof of something. And uh, Rabbi Chia said it is proof of something. It's proof that you did the right thing. So is this Gemara Araya that dreams matter when it comes to halacha? The Achronim discussed this in an interesting context. Most of the time, it's not so halacha lemaisa. Most people don't have dreams about how to paskin a halacha necessarily, or at least won't take their dreams seriously enough when they do have such dreams that uh, that they think it's really something that they're getting a mixas nevu or something. But uh, this this comes up in how we relate to the sefer shalos tshuvas min hashemayim. One of the baliatosos wrote a sefer where every night uh, he would have his questions. And he'd, have, he'd mentally make a list of the questions that he had that he needed resolved. He'd go to sleep, and in his dream, he'd go up to Shemayim, and he'd ask for the answers to the questions. And when he woke up, he'd write down the answers that they gave him in a Shemayim. So that was a question that the Yechonim have. How do we relate to such a Sefer? Do we say, oh, wow, everything is given straight from the Ribbon Shalom. So you have to, that, that's the final word. We have to accept everything that it says in Shalos Shuvah Or should we say, no, it's like a, it's a, it's a Loba Shemayim. He, and if someone tries to come and tell us that the, that that that, uh, that the Shemayim is still determining Allah, you can't listen to a word they say, and we should reject the Sefer entirely. Or maybe somewhere in between. Ravad Yosef has a truth about this, where he says, Loba Shemayim, he doesn't mean that Shemayim is not entitled to an opinion. It means that we're, we're, not, we're not forced to accept that opinion, Mina Shemayim. So he says, when we read Shalos Chuvus Mina Shemayim, we should read it like we, really, like we would read any other of the Baliatosos. And if it makes sense, you know, and, uh, and it seems to be accepted la'alacha, good. And if it doesn't make sense and isn't accepted la'alacha, so we can reject it. We have, we have the right to analyze it the way we would any other Sefer. But that's uh, part, the a lot of the discussion about Shalos Shuvos Minashrayim, Rav Ruvin Margolios put out an edition of Shalos Shuvos Minashrayim where he discusses these issues of uh, of, of Paskin Yalacha based on a dream. There's another Yehuda. Another Yehuda was uh, discussing a, a certain type of fish called a Barbuta fish, where it says that Rabbeinu Ephraim was machmer in a Barbuta fish because Rabbeinu Ephraim had a, uh, a he had a shaila about it. And he was matirit. He said it was mutter. And then he went to sleep that night, and he saw in his dream they were serving him chazerschmaltz uh, in the dream. And he said, uh, and he said, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm kosher. I don't, I don't eat that. They said, what do you mean? It's uh, no worse than what you're being matir for other people to eat. So, uh, so then he woke up and he was all shaken up that he was being served chazer uh, in his dream. So he said, I must have made a mistake. It must be that it's that it's asir. And based on that, he passed him that it's asir. So the Yehuda writes in the tshuva. 
Who says that the Rabbeinu Avraham that, that the dream means anything? That's what the Gemara Sanhedrin says. That a person has a dream that his father comes to him and says, I left uh, money for you. It's in this spot. It's in this hidden location. But you should just know that money is my sashani. You shouldn't treat it like regular money. So the Gemara says, Allah is, and if he goes to that location and he finds the money and it's all there and it's right there, the Allah is, it's not my sashani. Because what, a dream told them it's my sashani? A dream is irrelevant. Even though the dream predicted exactly where the money is, dirve chalomos lomal so Nadabudah says, yeah, probably Rabbeinu Ephraim wasn't so sure about his psaq. So he was feeling a little guilty in his head that uh, did I do the right thing? Did I not do the right thing? So he had such a dream that maybe he didn't do the right thing. But that doesn't mean that the dream, uh, the dream is at all meaningful. So maybe that's what's going on in the Gemara. That he thought, Rabbi Ane thought that, what is, uh, that, is, that, that his dream was saying one thing. Rabbi Chia said, you could interpret dream, uh, dreams a hundred ways. You could interpret the dream the other way also. I'm telling you, you did the right thing. And that's the halacha, that you did the right thing. Rebbe, where do we find Rebbe holds that a person can mock him over if a person uh, cannot uh, work in Evet who is already freed. This is a case where you buy an Evet with the Tanai that you're going to be Meshachar him. Where you include in the, in the purchase that when you buy him, he will be freed right away. Remeir, the fifth uh, time of the fifth uh, Torah personality that we find that holds a uh, person can be makam davar shalom v'lalim d'tiran homer li shariam kadosh l'lachshet sky l'lachshet sky l'lachshet shtach l'lachshet tishtach ri l'achshet yamos ba'aleich l'achshet tamos achoseich l'achshet yachlos l'achiv ameich einu mekudeshes rameir omer mekudeshes same mission we had yesterday except here we have rameir that in all these cases where you're saying that the kedushin should be chal after your husband dies after your megayer after I'm megayer after any of these things happen things that are lo ba'li olam rameir says it works since she's Mekudashas. Then Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov the sixth Shita. Did Tanya? Yes, okay, number of Lazar ben Yaakov. Afilum Amar Peros Arugazut Lushim. You Trumal Peros Arugamukhubarim. Even if you say that Peros that are already detached from the ground should be Truma on Peros that are still attached to the ground. O Peros Arugamukhubarim, Al Peros Utulushim. Or Peros that are attached to the ground should be Truma on Peros that are detached from the ground. Normally, you can't be Mafresh Truma from Peros that are attached to the ground, nor on Peros that are still attached to the ground. What you're saying that the truma should be chal once they grow properly, a third of their growth, and we tolish them and uh, we detach them. If they, if they once they grow to that to that shlish and you uh, detach them from the ground, so then dvar of kayam and then it's going to work. So you see that it's, uh, the kinyan was made on a davar and it works. Rabbi Akiva, the seventh shita and the final one. Ditnan. That here you being made, you, you need to be made for a nether because a nether is going to be chal when a woman takes a nether for maisi a daim that she has not yet produced. And apparently we're assuming not like Rav said in where she's just being makdish yadayim laoseim. No, she's being makdish the maisi a daim that don't yet exist. So that concludes our list of people who hold that a person can be makdish davish lobaliyadam. Boy, my name is Rav Sheshas. We know that when an Eidach comes and tells a woman her husband is dead, she's allowed to get remarried. What if she doesn't have any children from that husband and uh, her husband has a brother? Can she do Yibum? Can she participate in Yibum based on Eidachad? 
is the reason why we believe in Eid Echad in general because we assume that something that's ultimately going to be revealed something that we're ultimately going to know whether it's true or not people wouldn't lie about it and therefore we have the right to trust the Eid Echad well over here also we'll ultimately find out if in fact the husband did or did not die and therefore we should trust the Eid Echad or maybe no the reason we normally believe in Eid Echad is because we assume that a woman does proper research before believing in Eid Echad and, and getting remarried. But maybe she loves her husband's brother so much that she's not going to do the proper research. She wants to believe that the, uh, what the Eid Echad is telling her, that her husband is dead and that she could do Yibam. Amal Rav Tinisua, we could bring a Raya. From our Mishnah, if they tell her your son died and then your husband died, and then she does Yibam Barach, and then they say, Whoops, it was the opposite. She has to get divorced, and the child is a Mamzer whenever he was conceived. If there were two Adim that originally told her that her husband died uh, after the, the son, and then two Adim came and said, No, the husband died before the son, why would we believe the second set over the first set? It does, that, that wouldn't make sense to declare someone a, a, a mamzer and to make her get divorced based on that. Vote mamzer, and you're going to say that he's a mamzer? Suffolk mamzer, at worst he's a Suffolk mamzer. Vechitem a low duck, and if you're going to say, yeah, that's what we meant when we said mamzer, we meant Suffolk mamzer. No, this mission is being very precise. This mission is very precise in determining who is and is not a mamzer. No, it must be that the first testimony was just one witness, and then the second testimony was two witnesses, and that's why we believe the second one. But what we see from there is, had the second two witnesses not come, and just that first one witness came, that was enough to believe him. You see that you would believe in Eid Echad, even when it comes to a, uh, to, to a Yibam situation. Okay, Bez Hashem, we'll, uh, we'll pick up from there tomorrow.